Happy Pride Month, everyone. If you are looking to support a queer-owned business, go check out Queer Gear. Queer Gear is a queer-owned business creating apparel for members of the LGBTQIA along with their allies. If you go to shopqueergear.com right now and use code SAMB10, you will get 10% off your order right now. That's SAMB10, S-A-M-B-10 for 10% off at checkout. I love Queer Gear and I work with them all year round. And now it's the time to support queer businesses and friends now more than ever. everybody i am so excited you don't understand how excited i am because you are one of the first like culty people that i found on tiktok it's miss cassie marie yes hi oh my gosh that's so exciting i feel honored that i'm the first (laughs) you were i was i have always loved cults and like true crime and kind of things like that and when the Danny Masterson stuff was happening, uh, you were popping up on my For You page, like nonstop. And I was like, and it was like part three of Danny Masterson. I was like, wait, what happened to part? Go back to part one. Let's start from the beginning. And then I just sat there and I must've just been like, I think I watched every video on your TikTok after that. Oh my gosh. I love that. Did you see a lot of people come to your TikTok because of the Danny Masters and stuff? Because that was a big draw for me. I did. Did you, did you find me during the first round of the trial or the second one? I think it was, it was definitely the first round. Cause I remember, I remember being very disappointed and was like, you Mm -hmm. literally have to be kidding me right now. Yeah. That first his first trial back in November was huge. I think it was in the news a lot more as well because the Harvey Weinstein trial was happening like on the same floor. So there were a lot of reporters like in the building. It got a lot of attention. And I did, I covered that one, like, like step-by-step. I think there were like 36 parts to that series by the time I was done. And a ton of people found me through the course of that that series I absolutely it's one of the most it's one of the most like fascinating situations because it's not like with Harvey Weinstein it was obviously a horrible situation horrible things happened but then you add that cult aspect attached Mm -hmm. to it with Scientology and what we already know just from Leah Remini alone let alone any other Mm -hmm. place that we've looked about how they are so controlling and all these horrible things that they have done. Did you get any, I'm always afraid to post anything about cult Scientology or anything like that. Even on a live, I'll just be like sitting there and be like, what do you guys want to talk about? They're like this. And I'm like, do you get any pushback? Do you get anybody reporting your account? Anything like that? Um, not so much with Scientology. So I think Scientology is very busy right now with former Scientologists. Good point. There's a lot going on. Like there's just a lot going on with Scientology right now. And I also have a theory because I just think it's funny. that Like the the guy, the Scientologists that monitor this stuff on the internet, I think are too old for TikTok. Like I think they don't understand. Oh, (laughs) I I genuinely think they're not on TikTok. Yes, that makes complete sense. 
Yeah, I don't have any problem from Scientology. I get a lot of problems when I cover different Christian cults and Christian nationalism um, specifically that I will get a lot more pushback and a lot more people reporting my account. It's like, I I never know like what is going to trigger it because most of the time it's fine, but just every once in a while I'll get people getting really mad and reporting me, but luckily it doesn't happen too often. Those Christian nationalists, they are too, they're, they're not busy enough. They need to find something else to do. That's why they report you. They're not busy enough. I agree. (laughs) It's wild to me. So one of the other groups and people that I love that you also talk about very openly and very like, hi guys, like wake up is the Kardashians. Because I feel like why are, like, wake up. Why can't you guys see like Kris Jenner owns a church? Like, why don't we see Mm -hmm. what they're, what they're doing? How do you feel about, I was watching a recent TikTok of yours, you know, talking about how since the Hulu show, all of a sudden they want to like talk about God a lot more, which I find so interesting. How do you feel about the changes that you've seen them having and why, why now are they talking about religion so much? I've been asking myself that question. My TikTok friend, um, her handle is Chef Liv Vasquez. We both like collaborate on the Kardashians a lot and like share theories back and forth. Um, They've always been Christians. So like you can you can read about it. You can look back in their history. And I get a little bit of pushback from people when it comes to the Kardashians saying they used to always say Bible. They've always been Christian. But I don't know exactly when they started going to Hillsong and getting involved with some of these more evangelical mega churches that are involved in a lot of scandals and have a lot more culty aspects to them. I call most of them full-blown cults. There's a lot of debate. (laughs) (laughs) Certain churches, like whether you can call them a cult or not, but it hits enough of the criteria that I'm like, oh, yeah, especially Hillsong. I'm like, Um, come on. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Kris Jenner's church, she started that a lot, a long time ago, actually. That was back when Chloe, like right before Chloe married Lamar, was when Kris Jenner started her church. Yes. Oh, I didn't and, know that long ago. Yes. And I do think um, that one is more of a tax haven. But I think Kris Jenner sees them as money making opportunities because that's what a lot of these culty churches are doing is they're making so much money. That's the motivation behind covering up the abuse and behind, um, you know, not even really following their own theology that well and like manipulating people. It's, it's really money driven. So Kris Jenner, I think started her church, um, for money reasons. And she actually was, is really good friends with Kathy Lee Gifford. Is that how you say her last name? Yeah. Kathy Lee Gifford. Yeah, she is. Yep. Yeah. They used to go to Bible study together when they were younger. I think even before Chris was married to Rob Kardashian. So like Chris has always been a little bit more evangelical. Um, I think with the Armenian side and Robert Kardashian, was more like Orthodox Christian. So like, it's always been there with the Kardashians, but I think it's ramped up since they got involved in Hillsong, which still was several years ago, like at least yeah, five. It's been a long time. Years. It's been a long time. It it has, um, but they're, you know, they have connections with Lou Taylor. 
um, with Church Home, the church that Justin Bieber goes to, like where he went after the Hillsong scandals, they all kind of, once Hills, once Carl Lentz fell in 2020, basically, they all scattered to these other Hillsong affiliated churches that a lot of people don't realize are so connected to Hillsong. And Lou Taylor's on the board of one of those churches. Um, they all have a lot of celebrities that attend the churches. They all require 10% tithes. They all have a really best, like a vested interest in these celebrities. And I think that there are many reasons why it attracts the Kardashians in particular. And I think they're ramping it up because they either, either they feel like they genuinely believe in it. Like I think for Courtney, it fills a lot of um, gaps in her life. It it like is probably very meaningful to her and like very important to her and real for her. And I think for Chris and Kim, like they're seeing the money that can be made and it's working, yeah. you know? Like I, I personally think it's mostly a money thing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, they've tapped into, like you said, the core of the cult-ish part of it, which is the money, the manipulation part. They really have kind of figured that out. I think I agree with you about Courtney. I think it fills a gap with the infertility thing. I think it really fits with that. But it also, like you kind of said, it also contradicts a lot of their religion and their beliefs with having multiple baby daddies and doing IVF and having surrogates and things like that. It's really fascinating how they'll these, some of these cults and religions will very much twist their belief system for the celebrities, but they will not move or budge for the everyday member of their congregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Serena Williams is a good example of that. She is a Jehovah's witness and Jehovah's witnesses are very, very strict and a lot of their practices and teachings. And people always ask me, like when I've made videos about Serena in the past, well, she's like, I thought people in Jehovah's Witness weren't allowed to play sports. They're not allowed to be too competitive. They're not allowed to wear a lot of the clothing that Serena Williams wears. And like, the truth is celebrities draw people into these cults and the cults will bend certain rules for them. And it's different for every cult what they will allow and what they will disallow and how far they will bend the rules, but it, it, they will, they will do it to keep celebrities in, keep celebrities happy. Celebrities aren't abused in these systems like parishioners are, or even like people who are like in the inner circle, like high up close to the cult leader are often the most abused. Um, Celebrities don't get any of that because they are meant to be kept happy and they need to be like fulfilling something within the celebrities to keep them around. It's so, it's so wild that they just, and Danny Masterson, I think is a great example of that. If they just let these Mm -hmm. guys run really rampant and I would assume Tom Cruise is another one where I can only imagine the things that that man's gotten away with because he's the face of a religion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They do. He, they have um, Sea Org members like, clean his house, wash his motorcycles, fix his stuff, build him cars, like random things. Yeah. And he's, he's, a he, they've created a monster. Like he's a monster. <laughs> I don't even he think he realizes at this point, I think when you're so far down the rabbit hole, not to make excuses for him, but I think when you're so far down the rabbit hole, there's no way that he like understands and like 
has the concept of what reality is for like the rest of us for god's sakes the man's yeah. driving motorcycles off of mountains like he doesn't he probably is like oh yeah. it doesn't matter i'm in scientology i'm gonna go clear i don't give a crap if i fall off of this and die i'll be fine i saved the world yeah it's crazy. yeah it's and wild. allegedly tom cruise believes he has telekinesis and can move things with his mind so maybe he thinks <laughs> Prove it. Prove it. Float himself, up. float himself up. Who knows? Show me. If he does it, let's go. I'm here. I'm here for that. I'll watch it. Yeah. Out of all the people that you followed with cults and the people that have followed them, who like for me, the people that I want to see talk the most out of any cult I've ever watched, and I've said this so many times. I want Nicole Kidman and Katie Holmes so badly. They can do it on their oh. deathbed. They don't have to do it now. Like yes. it could be in their will on their yeah. deathbed. I want them to drop the most incredible, amazing book of truth serum that you've ever seen in your life. Because the two of them could single-handedly tear down Scientology, in my opinion. Huh? And you see people like Jill Duggar, who came out with her book and is obviously, you, you've seen the documentary, obviously. Who else out there do you are like, I need this person to do a documentary or do a book because I think what they have to say could really bring down an entire system. That is a really good question. You know who like just popped into my mind? I think Selena Gomez has things to say. Yes, I agree. I So Selena Gomez is, I, I love her. Same. Um, but she is still in the Hillsong like cultiverse. Yes. Her best friends are Hillsong pastors. Like she, like she's in it. She really believes that stuff. Um, her best friend Raquel that was in her documentary, in Selena's documentary that came out. Was that this year? I'm like getting so confused by all the documentaries. We're gonna say that 2022 and 2023 are the same year, same exact year. Yeah, I know it's all like meshing together, but yeah, her friend, her best friend, Raquel in that, um, documentary, her parents are Hillsong, like pastoral care leaders and like Raquel is part of Hillsong. So Selena's still in it, but I think that like Carl Lentz and like Hillsong, New York, Mm-hmm. I think there might be a story there that Selena yeah. knows. And with the Selena, Justin Haley of it all, I think Selena Gomez knows some things and I would love for her to like leave it all entirely and like talk about it. Have like a real authentic, cause there's so, there's so many of them that are kind of like, like weirdly enough, Jennifer Lopez is like whipped into the whole Scientology thing. And I'm like, you don't, there's no way you don't know something like say something you're with best friends of Leah Remini, but you're all, your dad's also a Scientologist. It's like, there has to be something there. Why do you want to keep these secrets? And when you could, as a celebrity, use your platform to possibly like protect and save people. Yeah. It's absolutely wild. Celebrities and cults are so interesting because I think like Hollywood in itself is very cult-like at times. And like, there are certain like pockets of it that are extremely culty at times. Yeah. So I think that like, I think celebrity, like it's a weird dynamic. And I think that like a lot of celebrities don't say anything probably for a lot of reasons. Oh, and I'm sure there's a sense of protection to them too, as well. Like, especially I would imagine legally there's, I mean, 
again, Danny Masterson, right. like look at how much people tried to get him in trouble and it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And it's because when you have this mega church attached to you with so much money to protect you and they own the, like the police department, basically, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it's never ending. So my favorite person to out and I will, if anybody will listen to me, I'm like, listen to me. This person is bad. This person you think is a golden boy. He's not <laughs> obsessed with Chris Pratt and, and how everybody thinks Chris oh, Pratt yeah. is like an actual golden child and the most wonderful thing set yeah. from heaven. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't think people know. So talk, talk a little <laughs> bit about Chris Pratt and like his journey. Cause he is, I personally think that this man is trying to be a politician eventually. I think he's trying to wiggle his way I'm sure. somewhere in there. Yeah. So Chris Pratt is really interesting because he has the like Hillsong and like culty church connections, but he likes to deny it all the time. Yes. But he is a, he is a Jesus freak, like through and through. Yeah. And he is into the Christian nationalism of it all. He is into, I would not, I have not seen direct evidence of this so this this part is just like my opinion yep. but I wouldn't be surprised if he was into the seven mountain mandate where wow. Christians believe that there are like seven mountains of influence that Christians should be in charge of like a lot of people will describe it as like that Christians need to conquer and you can say it that way but I think it's more this belief because that's part of the culty church that I was part of most people believe this as well. It's more just that like Christians are the best people. We have the Bible, right? Like this type of Christianity has the Bible, right? Um, we're hearing from God directly and listening to God. So like, those are the people that should be in power and influencing these areas of our society. So that's like government, schools, media, um, entertainment. I can't remember what all seven of them are like arts, just like seven sectors of society. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Chris Pratt had, if there's an element of that to him where he thinks, you know, Christians should be starring in the movies, in government, making the things. Um, but it comes out, like if you pay attention, it comes out of him every once in a while. Like yeah. uh, his most recent like PR tour for the recent guardians of the galaxy, yep. you know, like he compared himself to Jesus. Like someone asked him like, what, what do you think about the hate that you get for your religion? And he was just like, there's, you know, they did that to another guy too. And there's a verse for that. And he just rattled off a Bible verse out of nowhere. Oh. And like, was basically like, they crucified Jesus too. Like he's in it, in it. And that doesn't even count all of the problematic stuff with his child that I don't even like talking about and his ex-wife, like he said some potentially like really gross things about his ex-wife and his child. Yeah. But yeah, I got dragged because I was making a video of Hillsong celebrities and I was like, I I was in love with Chris Pratt. Like this one's hard for me. And everybody yeah. was like, ew, he's the worst Chris you should red flag lady no one wants to listen to you anymore it's crazy don't how people swear. love him though people really do uh, are obsessed people with him do. yeah and that's yeah. okay you can be people can be obsessed with him but it's like maybe like just pay attention a little bit maybe like and maybe go watch uh -huh. guardians of the galaxy but like maybe don't invest beyond that 
Yeah, that's how I am with most of the celebrity cult members. A lot of people think that they should be entirely boycotted. Like there's usually the very loud people that think boycott them entirely, don't watch any of their stuff, don't platform that, them at all. And then there's the other side where they're like, what are you talking about? People can believe whatever they want to. I love this celebrity. I will support them and platform them no matter what. I'm like more in the middle where I'm like, for Scientology, I'm the most critical of because there's the most information out there and it's the most obvious. And these celebrities have access to that information and have access to the outside world in ways that the cult, like the parishioners and the Sea Org members don't. Right. So I'm more critical about them. But even so, I don't think boycotting does anything. It just further confirms to these celebrities that like the outside world is evil they're out to get us, like things like that. I think there's a good middle ground, but that is my ask from everyone when I talk about these celebrities is like, just pay attention. Yeah. Just like, just please like understand how you feel about the celebrity. Take note of why you feel that way about them and don't think of them as a God. Don't yeah. hold them on a pedestal. Don't put them in such a high regard that you think they can do no wrong yeah. because if they do something wrong, like we should be aware of it and we should talk about it and we should criticize them. I think that, you know, criticizing doesn't always mean deplatforming or boycotting. And sometimes right. it calls for that. Like, I think Tom Cruise should be deplatformed and boycotted, and he's still mega, mega famous. But there's nuance to all of this. And I think with celebrities, we just get so enamored and we just, we we form these parasocial relationships and we want to think they can do no wrong. Almost like the celebrities, like, form little cults of their own. Like, yeah, it's it's wild. It's really wild. And I think everybody should just Take stock of who your favorite people are. And if someone tells you, hey, they did this wrong thing, be willing to look at it. Be willing to see and like understand that like maybe they did. Yeah. And they, I don't think people also realize that it's not so easy to just deplatform someone because the roots, like the base of how intertwined, especially Scientology, is in businesses that you shop at in like movies that you watch and you, like Tom Cruise is not the only Scientologist. There are movie producers that are Scientologists. There are cameramen that are Scientologists. There are stores that have Scientologists in them. I mean, just Christian nationalism alone. There's so many businesses. There's so many companies. There's so many things that you just, it's almost impossible to like avoid, avoid some of these groups. It's physically impossible um, so I agree with you. It's just finding a happy medium and recognizing yeah. the red flags. And when a red flag comes up, don't be afraid to question it and be like, mm, that doesn't make any sense and hold them appropriately accountable. Sometimes deplatforming and canceling people. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, Tom right. Cruise is never going to be deplatformed. He's never going to be held accountable. Right. It's been how many years I myself saw Maverick great movie. I can't lie. Right. Um, and yeah. it's hard because you feel bad and, and they kind of put us in this situation on, I'm assuming intentionally, where mm -hmm. if I deplatform Tom Cruise or I take away Tom Cruise, I take away all the movie sets he's on and the people involved in those. I take away all the businesses with the people that work for right. him that have nothing to do with Scientology and I'm taking away from right. them. And it's this guilt that I'm assuming they are really good at figuring that out through, through that. Yes.
Yeah. And like my hope with celebrities is that we can build more awareness and almost use them like counter to the way that the cult is using them. Right. Like right. you're right. Like we're never going to deplatform Tom Cruise, but if every time Tom Cruise releases a movie or does press or does anything, the whole internet is talking about Scientology and like the abuses and what it's done to people. Like we might not deplatform him, but we might be able to use these celebrities to get the word out about cults and like educate about undue influence and why these organizations are bad and what they're doing to people. So I never foresaw myself talking so much about celebrities when I started a TikTok talking about cults. Yeah. But I feel like it's a really good way to like get in front of people who don't normally seek out like culty or true crime content and expose them to like red flags for the first time and something they may may never have seen before yeah for like I know that it is it's one of those things where and it sounds like you have a history of religious and cults and things like that and it's definitely one of those things where I feel like people like you that bring it forward and talk about it you do really have to take like an inner inventory of yourself and be like wow have I ever been in a situation where I could have been manipulated into something had when I was in church did I have these emotions it's interesting because I grew up Catholic and I went to Catholic church and I was in it to win it let me tell you I was up on the stage I was telling people about Jesus I was like this is amazing but still being like my wackadoo self but it's crazy because my experience was not negative, not bad in any way, shape or form. I never had an awkward right. experience. I never had a weird, uncomfortable experience. I was around mm-hmm. gay people in my, like Catholic, like I was around gay people in my church. We had <clears throat> a trans woman in my congregation, like, and no one made anything a big deal. No one made anything negative. They were with mm-hmm. us at events. We were doing this. We were do- like, so for me, when I found out holy crap, this is a, this is a really rough group of people at the top. I was really, really floored yeah. and shocked because that is not the experience. And I've been to, you know, conferences. I went to church groups. I was in everything. And I never once felt like I was having anything forced down my throat. I can only remember one time that I was like, oh my God, I don't like this. And my, and it had to do with like sex ed basically and my church group leader Mm -hmm. was like this is ridiculous we shouldn't be doing this and I was like okay cool like he supports me so it's just so fascinating and so interesting and you really do through people like you you really do take an inventory you're kind of like hmm where are the red flags like kind of in my life so what was your I guess experience because it sounds like you've kind of admitted like I kind of think I was in a cult like this is kind of interesting Yeah. So I actually say that I was in three cults. (laughs) So I, (laughs) yes, I was an MLM girly when I was 18 years old. I, I love that for you. Oh, I thought you were going to give me the Lululemon. (gasps) Is that what it is? Lululemon? LuLaRoe. Yeah. No, I, I did Mary Kay. (laughs) That was that was an interesting experience. I did it for like a couple of years. It was mm-hmm. awful. It was like terrible for someone who was like 18 years old. It was like really hard on my self-esteem. And um, yeah, it was just, it was the typical culty stuff, but like 
when I left the MLM world behind, I didn't think of it as like harmful or culty. Um, and this is really common. Like it's cult jumping is a super common thing to do. Um, like after, like right around the time I was leaving the MLM, I joined a church. It's called Morning Star Ministries. It's pretty small compared to like some of these big names, but it's like in the vein of Hillsong. Um, Hillsong was originally an Assemblies of God church. Um, Rick Joyner that started Morning Star Ministries came from Assemblies of God. Bethel um, out in Redding, California came from Assemblies of God and Church Home with Justin Bieber and um, all those, the Kardashian churches all came from Assemblies of God. Wow. So it's very similar to all this stuff. I, um, I like to say that I was a Christian psychic. So I, in this church, I learned how to do prophetic ministry and I learned how to like hear the voice of God for myself and other people. And I would like minister to people <laughs> and say like, God is telling you blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, started deconstructing from that in 2017, 20, around 2017, 2018, started my religious deconstruction. Still didn't think I was in a cult. Like didn't, I did not relate it to culty anything. Yeah. Um, but I had our first daughter in 2017. And when we were in the hospital, a little TV show came on called uh, Leah Remini's Scientology in the Aftermath. <laughs> and I was obsessed. I have yes. family that live in the Clearwater area. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I like couldn't get enough. And I started consuming all this information. Um, I was also like religious stuff, MLM stuff combined as I was deconstructing. And I got into the business coaching space and I was into new age manifestation. Like it is a straight pipeline. <laughs> like Teddy Mellencamp would have been so proud really of you. Just- yeah, it's really just Christianity repackaged, like literally got into manifestation. It really wasn't a far leap because I was already hearing from God. I was already basically a psychic. So yeah. I was like super into it and thought it was like this whole new world from like the religion that I was in. And I ended up in a relationship with a coach who was a Bethel School of Ministry student. That's one of those culty churches, Assemblies of God that I mentioned. And she was um, probably a narcissist, was extremely manipulative and emotionally abusive and like full on was trying to start a cult on my friend's farm, like on a farm stay. And this was all like happening simultaneously. And I was most harmed by that like abusive coaching relationship. It was almost like being in an abusive like um, like romantic relationship, but she was right. just a friend instead of a romantic partner and a mentor and a business coach. Um, that is when I, I was watching the Scientology stuff. I was learning about cult psychology and they like, they drew the conclusion. I think Stephen Hassan in the bite model was where I first heard about this, where someone said that like, there can be one-on-one cult dynamics at play. Yep. And when I started breaking down the red flags, I saw all of them and this relationship that I had with this coach. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, that was the first time I was like, what is going on here? Um, So that's when I like began actually like fully deconstructing the beliefs and the systems and the red flags and the coercive control and unbalanced power dynamics and what that looked like. And I was like, this like sounds a lot like 
some of the stuff I saw with the MLM I was a part of and Mary Kay. And then, you know, the Lula Rich documentary comes out and it turns out like MLMs are basically a corporate cult. And then I was like, this, like, there's a lot of connections here between the church that I was a part of. And I fully thought I was a Christian psychic. I think my church might have been a cult too. Wow. So over the last, I've been doing TikTok for a little over a year now. And it was like right before I started TikTok where I made all the connections. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like in a bunch of cults since I was yeah. 15 years old. And that's right around the age when people, like, if you're not raised in a cult, like a lot of cults recruit people like right out of high school, early adulthood, when you're trying to figure yourself out and you're really vulnerable and you don't know how the world works. And I, I had no idea like how any of it. That is a prime cult member. (laughs) (laughs) To three separate cults. That's so fascinating. Now, when, what are some of the things that you felt like were, were good in those situations though? Is there anything that you were kind of heartbroken about when you realized like, oh, wow, like I actually, this moment right here, I really loved. And I hate that now all I can associate it with is all these horrible things and that I wasn't a cult. And I, I did go through these horrible things. Cause again, with being a Catholic, so many people talk about so many horrible, horrible things. And when you're the one in the corner, like I was, I guess, a lucky one, like that didn't have to go through that. Yeah. Like, what are some things that you had a really hard time letting go of? Um, I don't know if there was anything that I felt like I had a hard time letting go of. At first, I missed things like the community that like these groups bring. Um, I missed Sometimes I missed like worship music because I didn't have a lot of trauma around worship music, like in the church. Yeah. Um, I, I had a lot of good things in these groups that I still like use and take with me. Like I think um, from like the business coaching and the manifestation stuff there, that world, there's also a lot of like therapy stuff mixed in. Yep. And so there was a lot of like good, like scientifically proven techniques that I took with me and luckily didn't really associate that with anything bad. I mean, the biggest thing is just wrestling with like what I believe spiritually. Um, Like for the last year, more so than ever, I've been like waffling between like atheism and Gnosticism. And so like anything that has any spiritual beliefs or component to it, it's hard for me to think about and read and listen to because I'm like really like on my way like out out of all of it like I just read a book about grief and um it was about like the afterlife and ghosts and like there was a lot of like spiritual aspects to it so sometimes like any spirituality in general I'm like that sounds really (laughs) (laughs) culty it's not but I I mean I am like I don't know. I'm still working through a lot of like spiritual beliefs. So that might be like the one thing that I don't think spiritual beliefs are bad or wrong. Like, I don't think it's bad to be Christian. I don't think it's bad to like, believe, like have very strong beliefs and convictions just based on faith. Right. Um, but just me personally, I'm still wrestling through like what that looks like for me. And I, I think I probably will for a while. Yeah, it's definitely, it's hard when I think what you're wrestling with is something that 
is like you kind of said, it's not proven. There's nothing out there. There's no concrete evidence of, especially mm. when you talk about death and things like that, there's no one out there that's come back and said, Hey, guess what guys? I saw God saw Jesus yeah. and heaven a hundred percent exists. And you're going right. off of this, like on one hand sounds like Looney Tunes. And on the other hand, you're like, wouldn't it be nice if this wasn't it, if we didn't just die and there was like a black, like nothingness, wouldn't it be nice if there was yeah. something else? Um, yeah. And I, I think because I that. like cult hop. Yeah. Like because I cult hopped, I like, I joke with like my, my husband and my friends that like, I'm so gullible and like you can convince me of just about anything yeah <laughs> so I'm like in a spot where I feel like I need evidence for things in order to like fully buy in because otherwise I feel like I'll, ju- I'll just believe anything like if you believe it and you're passionate about it I'm like yeah right. sounds legit like, yeah. I like, don't, like, yeah so like it is hard for me sometimes just to like know Like, how do I pick these things for me? And like, what do I actually think versus, and like, do I need evidence or can I trust myself just based on like certain convictions or feelings? It's just a lot. It's a lot to like sift through after you've been told, like, what's the right way to think about these things? Yeah, a a thousand percent. I can't even, I, yeah, I can't even imagine that's, that is, I didn't know there was three. That's wild. You need to write a book. You you already do a podcast. You need to write a book or a magazine or a little blurb (laughs) called Rolling Stone. Like that's because I, you definitely are not the only one I've heard that of, of like the whole, like the bouncing thing. It's like, maybe you're not bouncing from religion to religion, but you are bouncing from these situations where someone above you is telling you how mm-hmm. to do certain things. And you're like, yeah, a hundred percent. Look how great and happy they seem to be. And they're like, you yeah. said, so convicted. Why would I not believe that? It's not yeah. difficult, especially like you said, at 18 years old, whether you've come from a great family or a horrible family, when you're 18, you don't know crap. You don't know anything about yourself. Yeah. That's and insane. you think you know everything. At the same so, like, time, you don't you know, know nothing. You think you know everything. Yep. And so, and like you have, like I had really low self-esteem. Like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't trust myself at all. And it was really um, nice. Like lear- feeling like I was learning from people who knew. Right. what they're talking and like I I just believe people like I'm also learning how to like like there's oftentimes grifters or like people on the internet or on tv will say something and my husband will be like yeah that's totally fake and I'm like how do you <laughs> how do you know that like I just believe people when they say something <laughs> like why that's would they lie so funny well you just get to a point I I'm think much better at it everything's now bad. everything just start baseline yeah everything's a lie yeah and then work yeah. your way up from there. And that's what he said. You're better. That's what he says. He's like, well, first of all, you just assume everyone's lying. Assume <laughs> it from all, everyone. Yeah. yeah. But knowing, I mean, knowing the red flags of a cult and, you know, doing research, I've looked into the bite model and Daniela Mastinick Young is now on TikTok. She wrote a book called Uncultured and she got a degree in like group behavior. So like Stephen Hassan, approaches cults from like a psychological perspective and like a therapy perspective and I've been really like interested in her 
perspective and videos from like the group perspective. Like what do these groups look like and how do these groups operate versus just like the cult leaders? So having that information and knowing the motivation behind these things makes it a little bit easier for me where I'm not so like just believing. I'm like, yeah, people lie for money. They lie because they're benefiting from, from this in some way. And um, it's helping me like understand a lot, but yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Well, the last thing I'll get you out here on is the Duggar family and less mm-hmm. of about them, but more about how I feel like this is the new age way to get cult members is reality TV. And mm-hmm. it kind of ties in with the Kardashians too. It's like, Hmm, let's use a different way to kind of get a hold of these people. And, you know, I watched the first two episodes of that Duggar documentary and I'm not gonna lie, my stomach was like, I was, I was, especially when we get to the, you know, talking about the abuse of the kids and things like that, it gets to be very, very almost too much to handle sometimes. But I did find the elements of them talking about how, you know, having them on reality TV really did seem to help their cause and their religion and getting people more involved and and more involved in that, um, in that religion. And then on the other side of it, I don't remember it was you or somebody else was talking about on whether or not these reality show networks should be held responsible for supporting and platforming these people who are, I'm going to assume it's pretty clear as day that mm-hmm. something ain't right. Like, don't sit there and tell me 18 kids and counting showed up and you were like, these gotta be normal people. These are these yeah. wholesome, like yeah, something no. TC, TLC had to see a red flag. Um, They had to have. I actually talked to one of my TikTok friends Um, is a makeup artist and she worked with the Duggars just one time. Mm-hmm. She worked for TLC in studio. And it was when TLC was having their reality, a lot of their reality um, personalities come in to shoot like the picture promos yep. for like the new series coming up. And she said that once she one day John and eight, John and Kate plus eight came in oh, with their God. horde of eight kids. And the next day, <laughs> the 18 kids and counting or 19 kids and counting came in. So all the Duggars came in. So many kids. She told me that, like, first of all, it was like night and day. Like they were completely opposite families, experiences, like the kids, John and Kate plus eight, the kids were wild all over the place. Like it was complete chaos. She was like, the Duggars came in and every single child was like perfectly well-behaved. They were all, she was like, like, they were robots. Like they literally didn't do anything unless they were told. There was no fighting. There was no chaos. Like it was very orderly. And um, she just shared with me just some like, things that like are burned in her brain. Like this was years ago, but it's just burned in her brain because of how odd of an experience it was. And, um, and I like, you cannot tell me that TLC didn't, didn't have some concern about like what was going on with that family. Like there's no way. And then with, you know, Josh and everything that came out about, you know, his, his stuff, which I won't even go into because it's just so, it's right. so upsetting. It's awful. But um, like, you can't, I'm not saying TLC knew details, right? but like they knew what they believed in, what they were a part of. So like, why wouldn't TLC research Bill Gothard a little bit? What are these people teaching their kids? What is this, you know? And I think, I think cults are becoming 
they're having their moment in pop culture and in the zeitgeist. And so part of me is like, well, maybe people just didn't understand cults and culty dynamics. And they only thought about, you know, Jonestown and Waco and nothing else is a cult. Um, But now with all the cult documentaries and like these networks and production companies, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way you don't like know that something is harmful and something is going on. And reality TV has such few regulations compared to regular TV and regular TV shows that like you have to wonder, you know, what's the motivation for these production companies? How much do they know? What do they let slide? Um, Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) Just the contract situation alone, uh, that for me was that's a red flag. Like these are adult women who can speak up for themselves, sign things for themselves, legally don't need their father to do these things. Why aren't you being like, hey, wait a minute. Like, why aren't you going up to these women and going, hey, do you understand that you're over the age of 18? There's no reason, there's no reason for this. Sit down and like, it's, it is a cult because it's controlling. These, clearly these poor girls didn't have a prayer in having autonomy over themselves, let alone over their bodies, over their mental health, over anything. And it is mm-hmm. sad. I was watching one of your TikToks the other day. It is sad to hear that some of the older ones are still in it. And I wonder if you oh. think that they're, I wonder if you think that they're some of the older ones, is it, who was the one that I heard you talking about the other day? Is it Jan, not Jana, is it? The one that's still um, in me. Uh, Jana is the one that is the oldest daughter that's not married, that's okay. still at home. And I wonder, do you think oh, that- Jessa. Jessa. Jessa is the one that's like still, I mean, she's still in, in a sense. Apparently her and her husband don't follow Bill Gothard or the IBLP. Like they're more into reformed Calvinist theology and he's, yeah. he's a pastor of a church himself. Um, but they still very much run the family narrative and um she's posted not not outright defending josh but like when all of the things with josh came out um when he was on trial the parents were like we just hope the truth comes out and jessa also was like i just hope the truth comes out which is very like i think you know the truth we know the like, truth The truth is your brother's disgusting connect the dots with yeah that. like yeah, that's because a lot of the other siblings that were still in even condemned him. Like, even were like, you know, we stand with victims and all that stuff. So, yeah, the Duggars are very unique because they were in the cult of like the IBLP and ATI and like homeschooling, but they were also in the cult of their family because, yeah. like, in Shiny Happy People, I think in the first episode they said, you know, Bill Gothard enabled every father to be a cult leader and every family to exist like on an island. So, you know, they're in the cult of, I like to say Jim Boob or Jimothy Boob Duggar. Yes, literally. (laughs) They're in the cult of their father. And then they're in the cult of reality TV, which is in its own ways, isolating and you're different. And like, you think the world doesn't understand you. And just like a lot of, um, of the emotional control um, that a lot of cults use, I think, the Duggar girls, especially there's so many layers to their indoctrination and there's such a high level of fear of the outside world and no one else understanding them Yeah, that I am, I am actually beyond shocked that Jill 
has gotten as far out as she has yeah and has participated in a documentary like this I'm shocked that Ginger has gotten as far out as she has to the extent of writing a book because she's still very much in a culty church which again is like very common yeah um yeah I'm shocked that two of them have made it as far as they have at all and I don't have high like hopes for any of the rest of them getting like very far out of it themselves it's just a lot it's a lot to unpack is there any chance that you think that they're some of the older ones are staying in because of the younger ones because they're still very young children in this they're not all adults and some of they're not even all teenagers I think some of them are still like very 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 young is there any way that maybe a couple of those older ones are staying at least connected to the family to almost maybe protect that younger group of kids within that family maybe I mean I don't like to rule anything out Mm -hmm. but I think for that to be the main motivation of some of the older kids sticking around they would have to think that something was wrong like they would have to actually admit that the younger ones are in danger yeah or um, are being harmed in some way and I don't think that they do like I don't think that any of them are aware enough of what happened because I think I think as soon as you become aware like you're outraged, right? Like there's a lot and you kind of like, there's a process of trying to figure it out and, and um, asking questions. Like we saw with Jill, Jill started from her and Derek's accounts. Like they started asking questions. And then when you ask questions of the cult leader, you get othered and ostracized and told you're causing problems and you get scapegoated and like, it's this whole thing. So I think, you know, for some of the older siblings to be, they're protecting the younger siblings they would have to be aware yeah that there's harm and I don't think they are like I don't I don't I haven't seen any sign of the awareness except for in Jill and in Ginger like part of me thinks that Ginger um who wrote the book it I think she is less critical of her family like I think she might be trying to keep familial connections to hopefully pull some siblings out and make them more aware. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's more of a possibility than like Jana or Jessa just not speaking out in order to protect some of the younger kids. Cause yeah. I think at some point you just, you can't, like you can't stay once yeah. you realize you're that. You gotta, you gotta get out eventually. Well, on that note, are there any <laughs> things coming up in the cult world, in the true crime-ish world that we should be paying attention to that you're going to be talking about your podcast. You have obviously called no culty vibes, which I love the name of your podcast. That's such a good name for it. I actually rebranded it. Like you did. Yes. I changed it to into the cultiverse. Nice. Um, yes, I am. So on my podcast, I am working on talking about a missions organization called YWAM. Okay. Um, Again, in the same vein of Hillsong and Kardashian and Justin Bieber churches, they it was started by a man who was ordained in Assemblies of God, and he had a vision when he was like 20 years old, um, when he was on a missions trip in the Bahamas, he says that God spoke to him and he saw waves of young people going out and evangelizing to the whole world in a very like organic way and he started this organization 
that his wife later joined him in called Youth with a Youth with a Mission. And it's referred to as YWAM, like the acronym, like Y. What a weird name. It is. And um, people outside of like the evangelical world have never even heard of it, but it is a really huge popular missions organization within the evangelical world amongst a lot of denominations. They claim to be interdenominational and they claim to be decentralized. So they say that there's no like one leader, there's no like um, centralized location, except there is like the leader is the man that started it. Like there's the whole lore, his vision and all this stuff. Um, But it is all over the world. It's huge. And um, people go on these missions trips and they come back with severe PTSD. Um, They are like severely spiritually abused. Some are sexually assaulted. There's just a whole slew of crazy shit going on in this organization. And nobody knows how bad it is. And when people share their stories, a lot of people still in it are like, that's a one-off situation. This isn't very common when actually it's like more often than not, they do conversion therapy. Like it's bad, bad, bad. And I've been in contact with people who are starting to share their stories and I'm trying to get more of an understanding of the decentralized structure and like where a lot of this harm comes from. So that's going to be a very long series with, you know, just stories sprinkled in information as I learn it along with, hopefully I'll have some more long form celebrity content there as well. And then on TikTok, um, I've been paying attention to the Colleen Ballinger situation. Have you seen what's going on? Cassie, (laughs) do we have more time for this podcast right now? I know. I figure you might know what's going on with that. Oh man. Um, I've been really busy with all the, yeah, I've been really busy with all the other news of things that have been going on lately that I, I didn't get a chance to look into it until today. Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, this yeah. is very culty. Very, very culty. It's so very fascinating. Gonna- it's very interesting. I highly recommend as someone who is into culty things, cause there is a, not necessarily a religious aspect there, but there is definitely, she comes from a background of religion and homeschooling and it kind of, kind of goes somewhat hand in hand um, mm-hmm. she just put an apology video out today. That is probably the most cringiest thing and the most unapologetic oh, apology is, I've ever seen. It's horrible. It is cult leader. Like it would be as if David Miscavige, who's running Scientology right now, if he were to make a video, it would sound that ridiculous. Like it would be like, yeah. what are you saying? Which is why these people don't talk. That's the thing that's <laughs> like so weird. Team- is like, she even admitted that in the apology, which by the way, was played while playing a ukulele I just want to put that out there for everybody which was cringy as heck but it's very much oh my team told me not to do this but I'm doing it anyway I'm like cool you should have listened to your team because you look (laughs) so like this isn't like a ha 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 silly silly joke like there's abuse happening and it's uh, as someone who like as a mother I followed her very heavily on her side not the Miranda Singh side the Miranda Singh stuff I'm like this is just stupid yeah but Mm -hmm. on her side of it because as someone who has gone through a lot as a mom and has gone through a lot in pregnancies and she had very difficult pregnancies and 
she's very much um, raw and real about her thoughts on being a mother, where I feel like the internet wants to show motherhood as this like lovey, fluffy, boo-boo, I love my kids. And I love my kids, but I also... and so to have that was amazing and now that's gone because there's no way if you still support her as a person I just don't under I don't get it there's it's not like this is hearsay it's there's proof of the behavior Mm -hmm. yep yeah so there's I I saw the culty red flags in the apology video and I was like I mean I saw them when I heard just the rumblings of it on TikTok I was like oh this looks a little sketchy yeah and then the apology video came out and I was like oh this looks really bad and so I started researching it a little more today and I was like yikes (laughs) like this is actually a really strong example of cult and coercive control and manipulation and undue influence and yeah yeah, so I'm gonna make probably a few videos about that I think you would make a lot of I think you get a lot of views on it I know I'll watch it (laughs) man oh man there it's never her stuff every day I see something new and I'm like oh stop please stop yeah it's (laughs) it's never ending well everybody check out the podcast everybody check her out on TikTok because again I'm always there on TikTok just scrolling through figuring out which cult I want to learn about (laughs) today and what's going on with Danny Masterson and his craziness every single day So thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Go check her out. Everything will be linked in the bio as per usual. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Bye guys. Thank you so much.